Hey guys, welcome to what is ostensibly a podcast about Steven Universe. You may be wondering why the first thing you're hearing is my voice and not the regular opening music. That's because I left these guys alone for one week, just one week. I think I've been here for like the last 10 weeks or something. I leave them alone for one week and they are utterly incapable of staying on topic. I think they talk about the actual episode, Rose's Room, for a total of like three minutes. It's pretty absurd. So if you guys want to listen to that, it's going to be immediately after this. Maybe you'll enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, then please let us know. Like, if this is something you guys like, then we'll try and do it more often. And if you hate it, please also let us know, because we'll make sure that we never do it again if this is something that you guys hate. So my function here in this opening is to give you guys a disclaimer, which I just did, and also to provide some actual content in this episode, talk about the episode up front a little bit so that you don't feel like you've been abandoned. Okay, so the topic of today's episode is Rose's Room, which is the 19th episode of Steven Universe. So the plot of this episode is that Steven wants to spend some time with the Crystal Gems, and so he's trying to get these mini-golf ticket discounts so that they can all go and have a fun time together. However, the Crystal Gems are really busy, they have a very important mission they have to go on, and so they can't spend any time with Steven at the moment, so Steven's very disappointed. So instead he plays this golf RPG game, which looks like it would be a lot of fun. So he's playing this game alone for hours, but just when things get super interesting, the Crystal Gems return, and they are just talking to him about their mission and showing him all the stuff they did. And Steven is not into it, and he gets really fed up, and he's like, okay, that's it, I just need a place to myself, and suddenly his mom's room opens, and then we go in, and basically from there, it's a creepy deck episode. Because the room makes all of his dreams and wishes come true, and even when he thinks he's left the room, it turns out he really hasn't. But then at the end, he escapes, and everything works out, they go play golf. Hooray. So let's start with if this episode has anything approximating a moral, what the actual moral of this episode would be. The driving factor behind this episode's story progression is Steven's desire for autonomy and attention. The reason the room opens for Steven is because he wants respect from Crystal Gems, whether that be them respecting his desire to spend time with him or respecting his desire to be left alone. Frankly, from a writing perspective, these desires aren't entirely convincing to me. Steven, in previous episodes, is given a tremendous amount of autonomy and freedom. The Crystal Gems barely even live in his house. They spend their entire time in their own rooms, mostly. And the house was literally built for Steven when he was born. So it's not like he doesn't have a space that's almost exclusively his own already. And then in basically every other episode in the series, we see Steven roaming around Beach City doing whatever he wants. Steven doesn't even have to go to school. That's how much freedom he has. So off the top, I'm already kind of not buying this, but whatever. For the sake of this episode, it certainly makes sense. Steven Universe is overall a coming-of-age story for Steven. And so we're obviously going to have to have a lot of episodes devoted to his maturation and pushing against the boundaries that have been established for him. It just seems kind of arbitrary to pretend as if these boundaries are really extreme on him when they're not. Like, we see that he's actually a very free and open child. And to the episode's credit, it does acknowledge this. It does seem to intentionally portray some of Stephen's concerns as being whiny. And the very last line of the episode is Stephen going, I always get what I want in kind of a spoiled brat kind of way which I think given a generous interpretation would be kind of a tongue-in-cheek acknowledgement of that. But I think we can all really empathize with being a child and wanting more freedom, wanting to have people be able to pay attention to you when you want the attention, and wanting to have the space and security to just be able to get away from it all whenever we want. So even if you happen to agree with me and think that it doesn't really make sense in the context of Steven Universe as a show for Steven to feel this way, the actual kids who are watching this episode may actually still be able to empathize. And it does kind of reflect those unreasonable desires we all have in childhood. Now let's talk about the actual room itself. The room appears to either have the ability to read Steven's mind, or 
it has some very large base of knowledge from which it can draw upon. But if it's drawing upon some other source of knowledge, then that really raises the question, where is it getting this knowledge from? Because the room, on several occasions, shows knowledge of things that have not been inside of it and that Rose could not possibly have told it about or programmed into it, if we're going to use a Star Trek holodeck analogy for this. It's able to project Connie, who has at this point never been in the room and, of course, Rose never knew about, and the exact same thing with Onion and several other residents of Beach City. The simplest explanation for this is that the room is just reading Stephen's mind, but that opens up even more questions. The room only seems to respond when Stephen gives verbal commands, when he says, I'm hungry, or anything else. That's when the room responds, but it's only when he actually says things. If the room is capable of just reading his mind, then a lot of the things it does simply doesn't make any sense. We can fast forward to open book for an example of Stephen wishing for something that he doesn't literally want to be the case, and the room presumably knows that, but if it can read his mind, then it seemingly just ignores that. And in this episode as well, we can presume that the room has access to Stephen's thought of, I want to leave this room well before he actually says it, and yet the room doesn't actually allow him to go. If we were to return to our holodeck computer analogy, then we could say that the room is simply not an intelligent entity. And that sure, it can access his thoughts, but it's been programmed to only respond to verbal commands. It really makes you wonder how the room actually does work. Is the room a computer? Like, an actual computer? It would have to be a piece of super advanced gym technology, but if this is thousands of years old, then it really makes you wonder what Homeworld has. And not to dive too deeply into it, but I think there are also some interesting philosophical questions raised here. Some of you may be familiar with the idea of a Turing test. This isn't something that I'm overly familiar with, and so hopefully I don't butcher the explanation here, but basically the high-level idea is that if a computer or a machine can carry out a conversation such that a person talking to the computer or machine cannot tell that it's actually a computer or a machine, they think that they're interacting with a real person, then that computer or machine effectively has real intelligence and is capable of thought. Now, there's a good bit of controversy around this test, but I think it's interesting to think about. In this episode, almost all of the people that we see projected by the room are very clearly not real, or at the very least, there's something very off about them. They don't speak or even move in a natural way. The two exceptions to this are, one, Onion, who is so silent and weird normally that we can't even tell that he's out of character. Greg is actually completely convincing as a real person for at least a few seconds to minutes. Steven is fooled and doesn't see anything wrong with the way his dad is acting, and I as well as an audience member. The first time I saw this episode, I didn't suspect a thing, with Greg at least. Greg passes the Turing test for a significant period of time, and so I really think that raises the question, are these projections capable of thought? But if the room is capable of making entities that are capable of thought, then maybe the holodeck analogy is actually a little bit more apt than we at first considered. And maybe, if under some conceptions the room is capable of producing entities that are capable of thought, the room itself is also capable of thought. This idea is not completely unfounded. We do see occasions in which the room does directly communicate to Stephen. Towards the end of this episode, the room directly asks Stephen what he wants using the tiny floating pink whale. And the room also goes for more direct communication with Stephen in open book when the Connie clone confronts Stephen about his secret feelings for her. It's very easy to kind of ignore these things and not put much stock into them, but I think if you give them their due consideration, it really does seem to imply that the room very well may be its own living, self-aware entity, rather it be a machine or not. Okay, that's about all I got. Just some other things. This was the first time we see the Wailing Stone. 
which I thought was pretty darn cool. And I really love the twist of Professor Sandtraps being the, like, final villain. We only see about 20 or 30 seconds of that game, but I just thought that was really cool. I really want to play that game. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. At this point, I'm going to let you listen to the episode that was recorded initially. They really do not talk about Rose's room at all, but maybe you'll find it interesting. Like I said before, just please let us know in the comments. We are super curious. If you want to hear more of us just kind of screwing around like this, then tell us. And if you never want us to do this again, please also let us know. We are super, super interested to hear what you, dear listener, have to say. iTunes, Tumblr. Also, at some point, they talk about Sword Art Online. And let me just get my piece in here. That show is crap. So bad. I hate it so much. Also, at one point, they talk about One Punch Man. One Punch Man is so good. I'm upset that I couldn't be there for that conversation. Okay, for real, I'm out. Enjoy the show, or not, as the case may be. Peace. Hello, all, and welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 56, and today we'll be talking about Rose's Room. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And saving the day is just par for the course. I'm Hunter! How you kids doing today? You doing good? Suffering through that hiatus. I, I was not talking to you. I was talking to uh, the people. I don't feel like we've ever addressed the fans personally. Uh, how, how you guys doing today? You doing good? Yeah, they're the ones that really matter. Yeah, they're the only ones that, that feed my dark side. What? I need to feel needed, Sophia. So uh-huh. I, I, you, you guys, you guys doing okay? What did you have for lunch? Uh, bet it was like, but it was like a BLT, like a, with like, like no tomatoes, cause you don't like that life. So they had a BL. No, I usually take the lettuce out. Yeah, be a good old BL. Maybe with some, uh, some avocado. I don't know. Some yeah, mayo. maybe with some avocado. I would double down on the bacon. Mm-hmm, yeah. Welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Lunchtime <laughs> Podcast. So, Sophia, what did you have for lunch today? Lunch today, I had a Spanish dish, because I am half Spanish. It is hard-boiled eggs with tuna and mayonnaise. God, I can dig me some Spanish rice. Not actually Spanish rice. It was, I think, yeah. created in Mexico. But it's called Spanish rice. Yeah, it's it called, is Spanish called Spanish rice. rice. You're stuck with and it. it's very good. I'm not. I'm not dissing it. God, I, I, I appreciate myself some good rice, like good rice of any kind. But like, if you screw up fried rice, we're done. We are. We are finished. There's a chopsticks oh, yeah. near where I live, and they have fried rice that's like it looks like shredded that that like shredded American cheese. Oh yeah, like yeah. That. It's, it's that's not super. That's gross. not cool. Super gross. I don't like super watery fried rice either. Like it's gotta, yeah, be, it's gotta be pretty dry. It's gotta be right, you know. Mm-hmm. GC, what did you have for lunch? Burgers and some unacceptably greasy chips. Mmm. Did, did you make that burger? Did you get it somewhere? Grill. Oh, okay, nice. Yep, 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 yep. Much, 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 much better than the than the stuff you get at the fast food joints. Uh. Although the places that make a proper burger, I like the habit. I don't know. There, there, there. There's something special about uh greasy, cheap burgers. I, I get it. I get it. They're, they're not as good. Like I recognize that, but sometimes I just. I just want something cheap and greasy. I feel the same way about pizza. You know, I like, I really like the Pizza Hut pizza, and, and none of the higher quality pizzas do it for me. I just like the way Pizza Hut tastes. I guess I have awful, awful taste. I don't know. No, no, I don't like the super fancy pizzas, like the traditional Italian thin crust with like the actual tomato on it. Like, I, I like me a good greasy Papa John's. That'll make me feel just like the worst, fattest, greasiest person on the planet. But I don't know. It, I have to be in like the right mood for either type of like I can, I can crave either type of pizza. Like it's normally it's like a lunchtime pizza if I'm getting 
the the fancy like with the tomatoes and the the the, the five cheeses and the, the basil. Yeah, it's got the ricotta cheese on it. Mm. Maybe I just haven't been eating at the right upscale pizza joints. I don't know. Yeah, you so gotta you know, go to guys, you gotta go to a place. Yeah. Speaking of of food, um, how do you think Stephen was capable of eating all that cream corn? It's it's just four cans. He had just uh, four cans. Oh my god. I don't know how anyone's capable of ever eating cream corn. I I can't stand I love cream, cream corn. corn. Dude, come on. Cream corn is delicious. What, what what are what are you talking about, Hunter? Cream corn is like a, a good little side. Like you can have like a couple spoonfuls of it with like your mashed potatoes or something. But Ugh. four cans. Like he could have just like put it in like a bowl or something and then just eaten it eaten it later. But no, he's got to eat them all in one sitting. <laughs> I'll take my yeah. corn popped or roasted, thank you. I was I was wondering about this. Like, Stephen, you, you know you don't have to eat it all right away. But he had to. That's the Stephen way to do it. No, no, but he gotta. Like, you that's, gotta. You gotta. You, you just gotta. Dang it, Sophia. Your 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 Tumblr language is leaking in. <laughs> you you said it first. I did. I hate you. You did. I so that means you. that you got it off of Tumblr, not from me, because I have never said Yagata on the podcast. There's only before. one Tumblr I look at, and that's yours, because I have no reason to look at anyone else's. I'm a I'm a Reddit bread baby through and through. Reddit's pretty chill. Pe- people try to state cases for Reddit one way or the other. It's just. It, it's where you go. It depends Dude, where you go. The quality of a website is not its community. It's how well you're capable of ignoring the people you don't want to talk to. Yeah, that's. Wait, are you saying the League of Legends has the best community since I can just do all <laughs> as soon as I enter the game? You got a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best websites are the ones that don't exist at all. Do either of you play League? No. I do. Well, oh, I haven't do? played in a while, but yeah. I'm going to soon. I love myself, so I can't play League. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. I've I've had a I've had a string of hating myself lately, so I've been playing a little bit. Uh, what do you what do you play? What do you play? GC. I mostly do support, but oh, okay. I, I jungle from time to time. I feel you. I feel you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wussy little top lane. Yeah. If you, if you send me top, I'm just going to get my Vlad on because I found that I'm awful. I went oh and oh seven oh one time as Jax, and we still won the game because I just made the biggest nuisance of myself, always teleporting up to push a tower while my team somehow won a four to five team fight. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Uh, I I tried to like once I um, downloaded the game, I'm like okay, I'm gonna get enough points to where I can buy a character that I like, and I'm just gonna play him. That's all I'm gonna do, so I can get good at him. And so I. Uh, Twitch was on a free rotation, and I played. I'm like, man, I really like Twitch. I'm gonna buy him, and I get him. I'm like, oh man, I, I'm, 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 I'm garbage. I am garbage at yeah. this game. This because yeah. I, I, I don't do well in games where the meta is just incredibly that strong. I can't play multiplayer games. <laughs> I just, I, I really don't like people. <laughs> like to play games with them, like organizing games with people, having a consistent group of friends to play games with them. Well, League of Legends, you just queue up, or pretty much any multiplayer, yeah, any good dude, multiplayer I, no, game, okay. you just play with strangers. I- ignore the multiplayer a part of League. There's a lot of other parts of League I don't like, so... Like people who queue up with their friends and expect to get bot lane because they did a duo queue. I hate those people. So you, you, you just don't play uh, any multiplayer games, then? Well, I I used to play Minecraft. I actually had my own server, but that's all? fine because you can mostly ignore people on servers. Like you don't need to depend on other people to play. 
What's yeah. the point of joining a server if you're not going to play with people? You get much well, no, better like, pings on your own I PC. I like multiplayer games where the multiplayer is like a feature. Like you can, you can take it or leave it. Yes, that GC, was, that that's, was set that's exactly smirk. what I did. <laughs> I just went into, like, I would start playing uh, single player. I'm like, man, this is getting kind of old. Better go into multiplayer. And I just do the exact same thing and talk <laughs> yeah, to no, nobody. Yeah, no, I just like walk like for like three hours into the distance and then just build underground because I always played on like real, mm-hmm. like heavy player on P- player yeah servers. pvp mm-hmm. i don't play minecraft yeah. anymore so you just have a you have a hidden entrance yeah, just like in case anybody anyone, gets interact lucky. with anybody but knowing that there's people there makes it a little bit more interesting yeah that's 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 how mine always was i would i would build up and i'd always set up like a shop i'd always set up like a trading post and yes. hope that but i also set up shop in like a place no one would ever find okay okay so so if we're, if we're gonna force onto the episode let's go little by little steven dips his donuts in sprinkles he wants sprinkles on the side because he likes to dip that's when he's talking to fake sadie and fake lars mm-hmm. why don't we all do that i know right like i love sprinkles like i would just chug the sprinkles that's really smart yeah don't let the man decide how many sprinkles you can put on a piece you do it yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's freedom that's freedom right there and then in the other donut shop across town, you have Big Dewey is watching you, and they they make sure you eat the regulated regulation amount of sprinkles. Big Dewey's always watching, breathing down your neck, man. Well, I don't know, man. Is it going to be like the Morios, where you choose how much frosting you want on the crackers? Because then, like, you can't trust people to have that kind of self control. The and heck they'll is just Morios? Have, like, all, all the sprinkles immediately, and then there'd just be no sprinkles left for the donut. Like sometimes. Sometimes you got to put restrictions on people. Sophia, what the heck is Morios? Morios is a proposed idea for Oreos where you have the three rows and the two on the outside are just the crackers, just like the cookie part, and the inside is like frosting, the the icing that you can like scoop it out with the with the cracker. And like the problem with that is that people don't have the self-control and they'll just have all the frosting with like 10 crackers and then there'd be like all the remaining cookies and you wouldn't be able and there would be no frosting. I must be like the only guy who doesn't like the double stuffed Oreos. Yeah, I, I don't like, like them the, either. I don't like them I either. like the less less frosting. Yeah, dude, it's too, it is far too much for me. I need I need a good balance. Everyone's got like their own particular way of eating Oreos. Like some people like to kind of just bite into it. Some people like to twist it off and then lick the frosting and then eat the cookie. Some people like to like eat one cookie with the frosting at the same time. Today we learned that when Sophia talks passionately about food, she gains a bit of an accent. <laughs> when did I get an accent? What are you talking about? No, GC, you heard it, right? <sighs> don't, don't, don't talk to me. <laughs> Crap, I'm going to have to re-listen to this episode. Yeah. Oh, it was it was very subtle, but it happened. It was it, it's great. I like it. It's, I, I might love just it. like be putting on a voice. I don't know. This game was cool, or the, this this game. This the game. The the, the game. The golf. Fallout Four. Fallout Four was cool. Um, yeah, everyone wants to talk about Fallout Four. I have not gotten past <laughs> the tutorial. I just want to talk about Fallout Four. I'm getting about one frame every thirty minutes because my computer is not really a gaming computer. What what card you got in there? Huh? What card you got in there? Oh, dude, I don't have this thing memorized. Uh, what? You don't know your computer's video card. Hold on, let me get out the papers. Hold on, because I built it this summer. Hold on, where? You fancy people with your built computers. Well, if you if you if you didn't build your computer yourself, it probably has a pitiful video card. Even yeah, if they sold it to and you I mean, like, I have looked this end. up multiple times and done like comparisons and like made sure, like, I had to do a specs check to make sure I could run Fallout in the first place. But I just, I'm really bad at remembering things, so I forget, like, the the exact numbers. 
and whatever. I don't. Uh, it was something Nvidia. It was an Nvidia card. Yeah. Uh, it was a was it a nine something or a seven something or a what? Anything to avoid talking about Steven. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hate Steven Universe. Like that, that's a well known fact. Yeah, I mean the I show's can... getting kind of old. Graf- are we asking about graphics cards? I forget. Yes. Okay, it's a EVGA. Oh god, there's so many numbers. I don't no know way. what these numbers mean. Okay, what what comes after the GTX? What three numbers come after the GTX? Where's a GTX? Is that like Grand Theft Xenomorph? Yes, it's Grand Theft Xenomorph, exactly. GTA, uh, hold on. There should be three numbers. Yeah, okay, never mind. It's, we're, we're, I'm not gonna find it. <sighs> but uh, it's a nice, I spent uh, about a little over $1,000 on this bad boy. Then you should have a very expensive graphics card in there. <laughs> There is one. It's it's uh all I know is it's a big one. But yeah, this Steven Universe. It was a good. This this is where they introduced my favorite flare on the subreddit, uh, the baby whale, <laughs> the tiny yeah. floating whale. That was the first we saw of Rose, though her voice. At yeah, the that end. was her voice. That was her voice. Susan Egan. Meg from Hercules. Warning! This is the Garbage Podcast edition. We talk about nothing but garbage, and nothing pertaining to Steven Universe. Absolute garbage. I still think that we should start over. <laughs> I don't think we should start over. We're, we are crazy. on a roll. Garbage. I've been looking at Sophia's blog, and if there's one thing I know, people love garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, like Ooh. my... What's the name of my, my header? It's like Trash Queen Supreme or something? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good. I like it. You know, I really relate to uh, Steven's frustration with unpausable video game cutscenes. Oh, I did too. I was like, I, I would have slapped somebody. I would have yeah. slapped the I'm like, shit out of there was this thing I had a lot with Mass Effect, where I'm like, playing Mass Effect, it's like, you can't pause the cutscenes, and my mom's like, mm-hmm. trying to talk to me, and I'm like, just go away. And that, yep. and I understood, and I related to Steven. Totally relate, like, totally understandable, whatever. And like, the was- secret ending too, like, the, oh man, you gotta know. But, oh, how did the room know what the secret ending was? Cause the room only, like, knows stuff. I think, I think the room, that was just like what Steven thought the ending was, like what Steven predicted. Oh, that's good. I, I think. Cause it doesn't make that any sense. That's so yep. short. Because yeah. it's his father who's been in cryostasis for decades, and I'm pretty sure the main character is under 20. Eh, his father's old. Age is weird in Pokemon parodies, in Pokemon <laughs> as a whole. What? I, was, I wasn't getting quite a Pokemon parody from this. I was getting like a... Uh, I was what getting was, Pokemon. I was getting what, was, what, was, what was the Final Fantasy with Zephroth? Zephroth? That's seven? That's seven? I was getting a Final Fantasy seven. Well, with the final boss... Of a pro- Professor Pitfall or Professor Samtrap. That was it, Professor Samtrap. You know, the room, Rose's room, was a lot like a video game with like the the broken maps and the clipping and the glitches. Just like in what's it called, the test. Yes, just like the test and clip through the top. But I don't know. I don't. I really don't understand where Steven's coming from because, like, in the second half of the same season, he's just like, "Oh, look at this YouTube or Tube Tube video." So if they have that, then you know that the secret ending to the game is probably on Tube Tube. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why did not just look it up? But I guess, like, in the moment, he had only he had just run into the room, and he's like, "That was on his mind." And honestly, I think. Uh, I think looking at this, we can see a tonal shift from the beginning. Because at the beginning of the season, a lot of things were very, uh, I don't want to say old-timey, but they weren't exactly present time. Like, everything was sort of... Like, you know it was made by 
eighties and nineties kids. And like we have the like it's it's a it's a pier, like it's a it's a boardwalk type deal. And those things were really popular back in the diggity day. You know, this this whole like the very first half of the season seems very reminiscent of a time previous. Yeah, um, like I, and I think yeah. there was a tonal shift somewhere in the middle of the season where they're like, Well, we kinda wanna have some modern day stuff, so let's just make it like modern day, but you know, everyone in town's a little kooky, so that's understandable that they have like old stuff and Steven has an N sixty four. Yeah, I think, like, Greg just gave Steven his old stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, in the comics, it addressed Greg. He he did, he was big on video games when he was younger. Yeah, it did, and uh, he was just looking at the thing. Um, what, what, did they, what did he say about, like, the little booklet? Oh, uh, the video game guide. And mm-hmm, he's like, back yeah. in my day, we didn't have guides. You just sort of suffered. <laughs> or, it, or, or back in my day, we the... did have guides. We didn't have the internet. I don't know. I have. It's been a while since I read the comic. We need to talk about the comic. Yeah, we'll... to call into a hit line. And they charge you an inane amount of money for something that people on GameFAQs will give you ten times better for free. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the day, man, there's a lot of video games that I didn't finish at all because I just didn't know how. And there was no game guides, no internet. Well, there was yeah. internet. I just didn't know how to use it because I was eight. Yeah, what I did is I didn't finish games. <laughs> like, every game I have from my childhood, I just never finished. No, but dude, Twilight Princess, the one level where you're having to guard the carriage from all the mm-hmm. boars from getting set on fire... Dude, it took me three years to finish that level. <laughs> oh, God. I, I didn't like, know that you had to lock on to the birds. They kept on dropping the bombs and making me go in circles again. Mm-hmm. And, like, I could only handle, like, two or three times in the circle before the carriage finally burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I had to... I- I had to always call my mom in so she could, like, when I was playing Super Smash Bros, I'd be like, Mom, it's the hand again! I need you to beat it! <laughs> no, it, that was me with my cousins, but they live across the country, so I, it, just, it was uh, only when I was there, and I was playing on their GameCube, and they'd help me out. Because I'm the oldest sibling. I was the one who had to beat the video games for the younger sibling, but I was kind of crap, so we were both yeah. dumb. I remember back when I was in high school having trouble with some real-time strategy game campaign campaign missions. Now it's like, oh, man, this is nothing. Yeah, I could this, probably go back and mm-hmm. ace War, Warcraft 3's campaign. I used to be, like, a little scaredy cat, too, with video games, like dark places or scary enemies, and I'm just be like, nope. Like, in Oblivion, I wouldn't go into the gates. They spooked me. I didn't like them. So I just, like, did all the other quests. <laughs> what were you? What were you, like, a, like a, like a herd animal? Like a cow? I don't know, man. It was, like, red, uh, the, and there were those, fire, those and I was just, are looking and I was, like, spooky. ten, and it was really scary. But, you know, there was tons of other stuff to do. That's what I like about Elder Scrolls. Ugh, yeah. I don't know. I, I've never played an Elder, Elder Scroll game except for Skyrim. I like Skyrim, but everyone I know who has played other games say that Skyrim is just absolute garbage. Okay, so... This is the rule with Elder Scrolls games. <sighs> the first one you got into is going to be your favorite one. Mm-hmm. And you can't backtrack. So yeah, if you started with Morrowind, you're going to love Morrowind. Like the first one you really got into. <laughs> but if you started with like Oblivion or Skyrim, backtracking, impossible. And later games are going to be a little lackluster because you don't have like that virgin experience of an Elder Scrolls game. I, I can feel that. That's... That's what I... I haven't I haven't played Skyrim yet, but I do agree. I started with Oblivion, really got into it, and tried tried Morrowind. Didn't didn't feel that very much. Yeah, there's I, a, there's... I saw the potential, but it's like, uh, I, I think if I I think if I hadn't started getting headaches from the 
stupid head bobbing or how whatever was giving me the headaches. I, th- I think I might have gone further, but I still don't think I would have finished it. Yeah, it's it's hard to go back when you know what you could have. Sophia getting deep. It's like when I when I when I was waiting for Mass Effect Two to come out, I couldn't do another playthrough of Mass Effect One because watching all of the gameplay videos for Mass Effect Two made the original retroactively bad. No, mm. oh, there's a lot of things I haven't played, like Mass Effect. It's it's pretty rad. Start yeah. in I, order, though. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. I am very well aware. Or you could just just start at Mass Effect 2 and never leave. You know, that's always an option. <laughs> no, because what I did is I didn't realize that the game, like, the order mattered. Because I'd never actually played games that had, like, continuous story across, like, the discs or whatever. So I'm, like, in Steam and I'm like, I've been hearing good things about Mass Effect. I'm just going to get the latest game because I just assume that's going to be the best one, the best quality. And so I got Mass Effect 2. And I played that and I'm like, why does it feel like... I should be knowing things that I don't know. Like yeah, they're why talking does this about feel like the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it's like everyone's like talking about like some decision I'd made, and I'm like I never made that decision, and it's like I did in the previous game that I never played, and the game decided randomly what I st- decided. So they kept talking about this Plankman guy who died, and you wondered if you Am were supposed, supposed to know, to know who, who, he who was. that is. You're doing them <laughs> in order, right? That's great though, because like I, that was the first thing I thought of during w- watching that scene. It's like, oh yeah, that's me as Steven talking to my friends who are really into Mass Effect, and I'm like talking about Mass Effect Two, and I'm like, why are they treating it like I should be knowing things? Yeah, <laughs> you and he's the like, you're not in right? order, and I'm like, no, mm. yeah, it's probably you're in order. <laughs> oh, I just picked the most recent one on Steam. I just picked the one with the coolest cover. Yeah, the two. Two is better than one, man. Man, the last time I picked a game with the coolest cover, I ended up with Buck Bumble. What? Never heard of it. You never heard of Buck Bumble? Let me let me do you let me do you a favor. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna send and it burn to your you. copy, which is the last one around. Well, no, I still have no. I still have a copy. There, listen to that for a bit, for like an hour, and you will know the wonders of Buck Bumble. The only wonders of Buck I'm worried about are the wonders of Buck Dewey. The one, yeah. <laughs> the visored mystery of Beach City. Buck Bumble's about a, 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 a like, into the neo future when bugs are, like, super sentient. And uh, there's a war going on over the bugs. And it's up to you, Brave B Buck Bumble, to go around shooting bugs. And that's really, that's really the, the entire plot. I knew somebody who got a Japanese PlayStation 2. Just so he could play, you know, Japanese games. And one of the ones he got was a game where you played a little robot girl who ran around shooting bugs because I guess this was in a world where pesticides didn't work anymore. And so we decided, you know, the most reasonable thing to do would be to design little robots to shoot, shoot bugs and cut them with swords. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a very like- Japanese solution, I think. Well, I mean, like pesticides got the controversy, so you know. So we have like five minutes of actual yeah. content so far. <laughs> we have to talk about Steven Universe eventually. Okay, I don't know. Quadruple bunk beds seems pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that that was rad. Uh this this episode was very Twilight Zone-ish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it, yeah. it's a plot City. device that you see a lot, but still got like an emotional reaction out of me because I was I was also kind of spooked like Steven. Yeah, like I was I was genuinely like I knew what happened at the end. I knew Steven was gonna but I was genuinely at the end like oh how how does he get out of this? How does Oh, jeez, it's happening again. How does he get out of this? Yeah, I liked it when Frivo showed up because yeah, that was the, this, the that was take. really spooky. I forgot like the like some of the early episodes were really spooky. Yeah, like we yeah. thought the Almighty Tallest killed you. Yeah, this one was different. This wasn't like body horror, like a. Uh... 
cat fingers or just plain or, old horror like Frybo. This was like mm-hmm. this was this Twilight meta Zone yeah. building of tension, sort of. Yeah. What's real? What isn't? Yeah, I kind of like that little bit we got in a Chile Tid. Although I liked how. Despite the whole dream thing, Onion was completely in character. Yeah, how the heck did Onion get into Rose's room? Okay, it's taking memories from Steven. No, that was too realistic. That was Onion. We already know. He's <laughs> I mean, breaking into you actually places. Do like, think that it is Onion. I, I think. Know, yeah, I think. Funny. I think Onion actually was in Rose's room because I Onion be is not. Onion is not a being. Onion is a concept. He's Onion a trans-dimensional. <laughs> Entity. It's a funny little bit of headcanon. Yeah, Onion is... Multiverse he, Onion is. Onion is, and always will be. You know, you know, just imagine him giving the same speech that the Lich gave to Finn in that... It was season opener, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to yeah, get into season opener of season six. Since, since this is uh, since this is the garbage episode, can we? Or we could just start over and do the episode properly. That could work. Yeah, dude. And I don't want to re-record two episodes in a row. But yeah, but you know, to re-record, you you have to record first. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <Ooh. laughs> you were pretty much you were contributing to the off-topic conversations, though, GC. So don't act yeah. like you're. Like Mr. Goody Two Shoes. Only yeah. when I realized did what he was supposed that's to play by the way rules. I'm going to get to talk. Mm. <laughs> when you were talking about League, I was just like, I have nothing to add. Legal, legal, legal losers. League of uh. mm. It's fun. It's funny though, because my my friends, it's like, oh man, you're into League, and they're like, oh, you're into Steven Universe, and then I have to shut up. <laughs> but then I have a friend who's both into League and Steven Universe, and so wow, he's How's hopeless. How's it feel to be a part of two embarrassing fandoms? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I already like tough puppies, so I'm used to it. <laughs> you like tough puppies. <laughs> I like Deus Ex Invisible War. I'm well known for my garbage opinions. Oh god, tough puppy. That's that's like Butch Hartman spitting on you. That's <laughs> I'm sorry, GC. <laughs> That's, have you heard about uh, Butch Hartman's latest venture? I don't uh, think so. His, uh, his Noog, the the realm of Noog. I have no idea what this is. Oh, All right. tough yeah. puppy. I just remembered oh. that. Yeah, Jesse, you are a giant. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what's tough puppy again? I look at it and I'm like, yep. This is actually this is actually something that pertains to cartoons. <laughs> mildly um, related. No, it, it yeah, mildly. Hold on. All right, so Butch Hartman created this thing called the Noog Network. Which is like, he was, I saw him on a podcast, uh, before and he was like, man, this is just, I'm not a big fan of, uh, the state of entertainment right now. So he created his own network, um, with shows that he created. <laughs> uh, some of them are live action. Uh, a few of them look good. Uh, and from, from watching stuff, you gain, you gain noog nickels to where you can buy more noogs. Like a noogie? <laughs> It's just because we're like nerds, but since we're no longer in high school, or at least like no longer middle school, I guess, no one's giving us noogies, so we got to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's Butch Hartman looking out for us. And they, you buy more noogs and they come down the noog tube. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's, it's a little odd. Uh, I have a feeling that my response to that would be the same as Greg's response to the crying breakfast friends, so. I don't know yep. anything anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know. I used uh, to like cartoons, and then I did the podcast with these guys, and then it just sort of 
killed yeah, my the magic was gone <laughs> yep i i don't i don't like anything anymore i don't know i blame gc probably feel nothing anymore yeah i just i i don't get entertained anymore i just sit and i eat cereal all day i'm like a the, the one punch man nothing no emotions anymore too detached am i the only one here who hasn't watched one punch man I saw the first episode. It's so it's so great because like the things that piss me off in anime are super exaggerated in this anime to the point where like it's funny, like it's mm-hmm. a parody to me. So I like it. What was the last What was the last anime I watched? What was the last anime you watched, GC? I can't even remember. Probably rewatching Outlaw Star. Yeah, can't even remember. It's been a, It's been too long. Yep, it's been too long. Um. Oh no, I remember. The last uh, thing that I watched all the way through was the regretful experience of watching, uh... God, what's that guy? Hold on. <laughs> uh, I remember, the, but I don't. What's what's the garb... What's, what's the... What's the, the... The garbage video game one? Um, Sword, Sword Art, Art Online. Online. That was it. <laughs> I can't stand Sword Art Online. Yeah, there's one person who keeps popping up in my recommended YouTube videos every so often, and one of the things he has is he hates Sword Art Online, so he has a couple videos where he's like, here's where I just ramble about why I don't like Sword Art Online. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. passionately hate that anime. Like, I was just sort of like, this was kind of cool at first, but now it's just getting kind of boring and dumb. No, that's why we hate, that's why people hate it so much, because it was really cool at the beginning. Like, it had, like, the first few episodes were pretty good. But and then, then it, it just, just it just tanked. turned around and slapped us in the face. I just couldn't I couldn't even get through season two. I was just like, nope. No, I had to. I had to. I was committed. I was like, it has to get better. <laughs> and it gets worse. <laughs> it gets Somehow. worse. Uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about things we hate. Our face is already dwindling. <laughs> <laughs> we lose no. the last listener. Right about now. And well, now that GC. we lost them all, we can just talk about whatever. There's nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> there's only, there's nobody listening anymore. We can talk about whatever we want. Um, and we what I want to swear. Ta- oh, we can square. We can square. Swear. Finally. We Are can we going to square. square dance? We're going to square up. GC, what do you have to say to this? I say we re record the episode, except. No, please, no. Well, but this episode is about Rose's room, but it's not about Rose's room at all. This is about just whatever Hunter and Sophia want to go on about. And yeah. whatever GC's going to tag along with, because you are not blameless. Hey, G- hey, GC, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Rose's room. Okay, okay, I'm mad that Steven didn't realize that the fake Beach City was, like, nighttime. When it was still, it was, like, morning when he had walked in. Nobody's ever accused Steven of being observant, though. Yeah... Well, he caught on he, to the room pretty well, at least. Not I like. What, I love the the Greg Figment. Yes, I like the how Greg, Greg Fig- was actually Figment pretty was great. convincing. Yeah, that was like the I only was watching that. And I'm like, there's accurate. no way he got out of this room. Why? Why is Greg acting so in character? And then Greg starts like glitching out. So yeah, that's <laughs> maybe because it was it, it was it was Rose's room. Yeah, like, so like that's the that thing, like, that would if Rose was in that room and Steven had been in that room, that would be the person like other than the gyms, that would be the person that the room knew the best. Well, yeah, or Greg has actually been in the room. Ooh, yeah, there was the hypothesis that maybe Rose used the room to show Greg what the war was like. Yeah, and that's why he was like oh. so weird in the return. It's like I wasn't there because obviously he wasn't there. Like people yeah, are like well, Greg's yeah. secretly a gem, and I'm like he's not. He's not secretly a gem. No, 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 no. it's Excuse totally time me. travel. Greg is secretly a gem. His gem is Swagonite. <laughs> Swagonite. 
Well, Hold I on. learned that um, graphite, which is pencil lead, is the crystalline form of carbon. And so Gre- Greg that's, is that's prime gemsona material there, uh, kitties. Crystalline? I, th- I didn't... Th- I- didn't think it had a crystalline crystalline structure. It was all layered on top of each other. That's well, why it slides off so easy. Diamond is when it's crystalline. Well, no, it's crystalline, but the problem is the layers are separate. It just comes off in sheets. Yeah, the sheets are the crystals, but the sheets aren't actually attached to each other chemically. This science moment brought to you by the Lunar Sea Spire podcast. I just looked it up because someone's like, graphite is terrible. And I'm like, I'm going to look up what graphite is. And I'm like, oh, it's it's a crystal. <laughs> Why, why was why was someone putting down graphite? Uh, she's an artist and she usually draws in pen, the heathen, and oh, okay. was using a pencil and was just like shitting on it. She was whatting on it, Sophia? She was whatting oh, on it? Oh, crap. In a children's podcast? You loose-lipped woman! No! Uh. Alright, real real talk, we, we, should, we should wrap this up soon. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, I really do. <laughs> see you Is this what you week? wanted? Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm going out of my mind. (laughs) I'm Hunter. Later, kiddos. Uh. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.